Yes, yes. Wow, I totally mistimed that. Let's let's do a clap again. Damn it. What? There we go. Yes, yes. Welcome back. It's your boy, Bardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Great Cinema Draft Game, where daily fantasy sports meets the movies. And you know what time it is? <laughs> it's the tripod. What's up? What's up? What's up? You know him, you know you love him. He's your WBW, your chocolate cardinal, your mole inside the Dynasty Reboot Writer's Room. It's Kevin Garnett. What's up, people? What's going on? That's right. You know him. You tolerate him. He's the mysterious (laughs) administrator of young minds, the dean of discipline, the cultural (laughs) misanthrope. It's Gina. All right, all right. Tonight's drinking game will be the word agent because tonight mm. we're getting our espionage game on. It's secret agent movies tonight. But first, of course, we will start with my favorite segment. It's what I'm watching. No, oh. I will persist. All right. And of course, we can only talk about what everyone's talking about, damn it. It's Game of Thrones. Yes. Khaleesi with oh, Dragon. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa. Wait, easy there, Michael. Whoa. Are you, are you caught up? Are you caught up? I'm not caught up. Did we discuss oh. this before? Whoa. Yo. Well, I'm putting on my microphone. I'm putting on my microphone and somebody chat me when you guys are done. Yeah, it's lit. Wow. Wow. I was saying this might be the best. I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. Don't say shit. Text me when you're done. I we'll thought you already tapped out. G Nice for, for the podcast Stop listeners, G Nice is removing himself <laughs> from the conversation because he's a lame. He hasn't watched Sunday's episode yet. So go ahead, KG. It's like you know, spit that reel. I mean, it's Wednesday night. This is arguably <laughs> Game of Thrones is one of the, you know, easily top ten, arguably top five shows of all time. Top two for me. <laughs> and the the last ten, the last 10, 15 minutes of this episode. Was the most exciting. It's it's the moment we've been waiting for. Yes, <laughs> Khaleesi to ride that dragon into battle with the uh, what do you call them? The the the, the Dracar- What are them cats Dracaris, called? Dracarys, yeah. She's riding Drogon and she's yelling, uh, Dracarys is lighting them fools up. But the 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 wild dudes riding in with her. Oh, Dothraki, yes. The Dothraki, like crazy scene. Jumping like, over the saddle, shooting arrows and joint on the- <laughs> I mean, they're like they're like kneecapping horses. They're they're going oh, crazy. Man. And then all the action with uh the dude Braun and Jamie and Tyrion watching from on high. All conflicted and shit. Uh, yeah. Conflicted emotionally. Uh I mean if obviously if you if you haven't watched the episode, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, because... this, is one the, this is one of the best sequences of the entire series, and that's had, and that's a show that's had some outstanding Emmy-winning sequences. Yeah, exactly. And the direction on it is great. They 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 have the emotional stakes there. Uh, Khaleesi goes, go away, Greg. Gee, nice. They they have the emotional stakes with. Um, Khaleesi going to Jon Snow, her only ally left, basically, and saying, what would you do? He agrees with Tyrion, and then from there, you don't think she's going to do anything, but she comes in and brings the hammer hard. Mm, Does she? Does she ever? Yes, and actually, I thought I just found... Oh, ah, here it is. 
<laughs> Jacaris. Light him up. <laughs> I love it. The soundboard's got everything. I just looked up Jacaris, and there it was. So, which heard just lighten fools up. Oh my lord! It was exhilarating. I've watched that what they what they're calling the loop train battle three times. It's mm -hmm. amazing. It, I mean, it, it's 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 everything you wanted to see. It really is. I mean, they mm -hmm. in, it was the shortest episode of the entire series, from what I was told, forty nine oh, yeah. minutes clock in at. But damn, if it wasn't lit, literally. and I'm sure they broke the budget on that one too, because I mean, even though there were a lot of special effects, uh, I mean, it's like you said uh, before the podcast, three weeks just to shoot that battle scene, and it gave you all the drama. I mean, yeah. you had them bring out the big gun. They shot the, the dragon. You had the flutter moment where you're like, is Khaleesi going down? Yes, she was going. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter was tweeting like, like, yeah, I hope that bitch drowned. I'm like, oh, my God. She might not, <laughs> she might not pull up. And no, they, they thank God they pulled up. Man, yeah. And then, the fa and then that one sequence where Jamie loses his mind. And he's going to yeah. take up Khaleesi, try to end this war in one fell swoop. It was, <sighs> and somebody was pointing out that, that he, the, the, king, the, the Kingslayer, was about to try to kill another Targaryen in the back. Yeah, straight up. W Queenslayer. The dragon wasn't having it. <laughs> uh, Just for good measure, one more time. <laughs> yeah. Khaleesi with them dragons. Yeah. All right. So let's 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 tag back, break back in. I'm. I, yeah. We we fanboyed enough. That that. Yeah. Poor misguided soul. First of all, who waits till Wednesday and not see Game of Thrones, especially this season? I mean, That's nah. You crazy. You gotta watch that shit in real time because Twitter will spoil that shit for you. It's, I mean, it's probably the single, the the single most uh, uh, live tweetable or or live or live TV moment that we have going on these days outside of of live sports. It's just amazing. I love it. All right, tap back in, Greg. Tap tap back in, G. Oh, man, yeah, that oh, yeah. Yeah. it was amazing. I, I really enjoyed that. That was awesome. That was excellent. Uh, what else am I watching? Um, oh, The Prophet. Have you seen this show, yo? I haven't seen it yet. It's, so it's uh, this, this dude, this guy named Marcus Lemonis. He's a businessman. He, I think, he made his fortune like like a, a chain of like uh, outdoor um, uh, stores called, called Camp World or something. Anyway, he's worth $900 million. His specialty is reviving, resuscitating um, uh, small businesses that are failing. So every episode he goes to a new business and it pretty much doesn't matter what kind of business. I've seen him do like fashion, do, uh, well, if, if, basically if it's a product that can be sold, he can revamp it. He's a and this is, this is, this is a re reality show? Reality show. It's like what uh, it on, it's, what, it's on CNBC. Work? It's on CNBC. Okay. So and it's the it, profit P R O F I T, correct? Yes, P R P R O F I T. Yeah, and and you know, <clears throat> so this rich dude comes in with with his own money, writes checks to these to these small businesses to bail them out, but he takes like ridiculous amount of control. So, for example, so are you done? What, yeah, is, the, what is the chat? Is it back? Is yes. it on? What is yes, it, it is. It is on. We're talking about the oh, profit. Yeah. It's on CNBC. It's a reality show about this businessman who goes to small businesses, usually family-owned, that are failing, and he writes them a check to kind of bail them out a little bit. But he's like, "You understand? Once I give you this check, I'm 100% in control." So, for example, let's say, let's say uh, KG, you had like, I don't know, let's let's say you sold like skateboards, whatever. And he's actually mm -hmm. done like a, 
a snowboarding uh, shop. That's what I watched last night. He and and you're like, you, let's say you've lost like two hundred fifty thousand off of like you know two million in revenue. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna write you a check for four hundred thousand. We're going to redo your entire store. We're going to redo your shipping and everything. We're gonna redo this. We're gonna redo that. You know, and for that, I want fifty percent. You know, of the business. And and I'll, there's always that moment where each business owner is like. <gasps> Oh my god! Or and they're thinking like about the dilution of their shares, and then you know, oh my god, I'm not control. And he's like, you know, I'm not control anymore. So there's always like a little bit of, of pushback in every episode. Right. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, you understand? Know, take the check. You know, yeah. Although I have 50 percent of of the company, I'm 100 percent in control. What I say goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so and in almost every episode, he's successful, of course, because he's the mm-hmm. prophet. But there's a few times where he's not, where people either don't listen to him, or people undermine mm-hmm. them, or family squabbles come in and just under and just totally undermines everything he's trying to do. It's really <laughs> fascinating. It, it's really so. It's, good. So it's almost like the sequel to Shark Tank, as if one of these guys comes in and takes over, right? Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Except I think Shark Tank is more about like. Pitch and and doing right, it like right, right. on stage, but this is like this is as if. But it gives you the, the second part of that where you know what yeah. the company, is. the the sort of OG cat comes in, takes over, and they either swim or sink. Exactly, and 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 the, I mean, I I really do kind of want to see. I mean, besides him like walking away, I think I've seen like three episodes where he's had to walk away because you know the the owners were too hard headed or something. It's very rarely has he like tried a business idea and it hasn't like panned out and actually maybe they don't maybe those ones don't make it to air i don't know but very rarely did they not work out it's usually some issue with like management or leadership and uh but i would be really interested to see if he actually had an episode and i've only watched like most of the fourth season and 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 some of the third season whatever's been on demand because a business advisor um uh, to the company to cinema draft llc was telling me that i should check this this uh, show out and so i've just been kind of like i've been hooked it's been really interesting and he works any industry as long as there's a product that can be sold restaurants clothing fashion he does everything it's really bananas and so now he's after like four seasons he's got like a stable of all these different type of companies that if you know this new company's acquiring needs some help oh i've got a design shop in la oh i've got a fulfillment center in chicago he's like mm-hmm. got this shit everywhere it's amazing <clears throat> so that, that's so what i'm watching the profit and then uh oh and then turn washington spies <laughs> i'm like the only guy watching this show it's so sad it's it's actually the series finale is coming up this saturday it i mean part of the reason nobody's watching this show is because it had such a bad name the first two seasons it was just called turn and nobody yeah. knew what the fuck it was <laughs> right and i watched i watched maybe a few episodes early on and just wasn't really you wasn't, tapped just, out. Couldn't, couldn't, just couldn't get a hook into me yeah. yeah, it was a little bit of a slow burn you know, the first season or so, and and I will say this: the last two seasons they've really you know picked up the pace. I mean, they're doing a bunch of spy shit. I mean, so so basically, for people who don't know, this is uh, a show set in the Revolutionary War, um, like this. Uh, this farmer on Long Island, Sutaket, Long, Long Long Island, is kind of you know. Uh, uh, recruited to be, become a spy. This is actually based on real events. This guy who went, who went by the name Samuel Culper, uh, that was like his his uh, his code name, is actually recruited to be a spy for the Continental Army. Is that is that right? The yeah, the Continental Army against the British, against the Redcoats, <laughs> and. It's just, and in the later season, it takes a bunch of twists and turns, but it gets interesting. Like, you know, you see him in, in war and battle. He's got like a, an arch enemy. He's a guy named Simcoe, this like a, a Green Beret type unit of 
of uh, Her Majesty's army. You know, they call themselves the Queen's mm-hmm. Rangers. He's like this sadist who's like making everyone, everyone's life hell. And he has like an affair and stuff. Like there's stuff going on. There ain't nobody mm-hmm. watching this show. Right. I'm actually shocked they came back for the <sighs> season. So. And then they, they have, uh, uh, I thought I saw something, because I know there's, they have a, a black female writer named Latonya, Latoya Morgan. Yes, yeah, uh, she's like a co-executive producer now, I think. Who I think I thought I saw something about there was an episode mm. where they had some. Victoria black... Morgan is the whitest name on the planet. Stop that. Yeah, I don't see. <laughs> don't fucking stereotype, man. You know. <laughs> my point being, no, but you've that I, I though, believe, right? yeah. Okay. My point being, he can verify her blackness. He says he he's better. He lies. He lies. The point being, I I heard they did something with like some is that black soldiers. What? Some black soldiers in this last episode? Is that- no, no, yeah, no. They had, yeah, they've had black soldiers since like the <clears throat> latter, like the the second season, I think. Um, I'm not sure how historically accurate it is, but I, I roll with it. <laughs> you know, like some, you know, it's mm-hmm. the north. You know, slavery's not going on up in New York or anything. So they're, <clears throat> so you know, you have like. Um, you know, I don't know if they're freed slaves or whatever, but you have like some black soldiers, you know, mm. on both sides. But it's mostly, you know, it's mostly servant roles, whatever. But it's, it's still interesting. I, you know me, sucker for historical fiction. I enjoyed right. it. I, I tweeted out uh, t- uh, two Saturdays ago. There's probably nothing lonelier in the social media age than watching a show that you know no one is watching. Mm. Hashtag turn. And then I got, and I got a few. Uh, uh, I don't know what they call themselves, turncoats. I don't know. I got a few turn oh, nice. turners, uh, turncoats or whatever people oh, who respond like, "We're watching, we're watching." And I'm like, "Yes, all five of you." <laughs> now here's a here's a little cul-de-sac. Yes. Uh, have either one of you been following the controversy about Confederate? I oh yes, let's get into that. I am yes, I'm see see, I'm very intrigued. Yes. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on the WBW? Because I have thoughts. Well, G Nice, are, are you up on this, G Nice? I am not. So the deal is the uh, the dudes that are that created Game of Thrones have pitched their next project to HBO, which they're going to go with, and they've teamed up with this husband and wife uh, black couple who are writers. One who's on, I think, The Good Wife or The Good Fight, and the other one who's on Empire currently mm-hmm. and developing a lot of stuff. And so the idea is an alt history of America where the, uh, what do you call them, the, the South basically wins, wins the uh, first well, well, Civil they actually, War. Actually, actually, technically, from what I read, they didn't win the Civil War, but it was like an armistice or something. Like, like they actually were able to right. secede and they kept like their territory. They kept their territory, but then there was a second Civil War, and it's the events in modern day now leading up to the third is this Civil like, War. Is this like a Southerner's wet dream kind of thing? That's what well, that's what some people are saying. Yeah, uh, that that it would be the sort of wet dream of these alt right type people. <laughs> but uh, obviously, the the makers, the the creators behind it, are thinking it's slavery in modern days. But there's no like whips and plantations. It's sort of it's sort of this like a Star Trekky kind of thing where you can take a sci fi idea. Speak about current times without actually being in a current. You know when they did that, they did that in Battlestar Galactica, and it was silly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so yeah, so what do you? So now you Battlestar Galactica. Did you ever watch it, Kevin? I mean, uh, I, oh yeah, no, I, I watched it. It was good. I liked it a lot. I mean, 
it was super didactic to me. Like it was like this week we're talking about torture. It was <laughs> they kind of had their issue of the week kind of thing, but it was a, it was an enjoyable we, show. Listen, listen, listen. Before we go any further, I think we need to, especially in your. You know, did you look at the sky? Ed, is that what just happened? Especially with your white background behind you, we need to put a chart for all the big words we use in this podcast because. <laughs> Dad, Dad, think he just threw it out there like it was casual, like he used it six times today. We all have degrees. It'll be okay. I mean, we, we have Google now. It's not like, you know, old old school days. Nah, yeah. man, that's not, a, that's not a casual word. We got to have like a non-casual word list in the background. You went to a very good school. So, <laughs> I was like, like, fuck, Ed, shut up, and It's probably like six degrees between the three of us. We come on. We're, we're, we're all right. We're fine. A, a dirty diaper. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, now that you broke it down for people, what do you think as WBW? Because I got thoughts. So that's the controversy that it's that it's slavery and that it's modern day and that the Confederates won. Yeah, no. So, so well, part so of women, it. So, a lot of the women behind like the Black Lives Matter movements online, um, uh, they've been like really, really vocal about. It. Like the second they heard about this, they're like, "Oh hell no!" And they started this hashtag called No Confederate. So every time Game of Thrones comes on now, because an HBO show and HBO gave. You know, DB Weiss and David Benioff a blank check to to, to create the show. They're tweeting with no Confederate. The first week, it was like almost number one trend nationally. Like while Game of Thrones was running, it was crazy. Like everyone's like behind it. There's been a lot of think pieces about it, everything like that. And so they're really like, no, we don't need to see this. Let's let's talk about having more people of color. You know, writing stuff. You know, period. Let's not. We don't have to. You know, imagine an alt history where you know white supremacy reigns because we're living that history. Like they, you know, and basically they're very triggered. Put, to put it simply, they're very triggered by even the idea, even though no one's written a page yet. It's just right. an idea that these four people came together and were like, all right, let's do this. And HBO, like idiots, announced it <laughs> without any real backing. And they're kind of hung out there to dry. They've done a few you know, interviews, you know, where they're trying to like, explain their point of view and stuff. But generally, black Twitter and, and liberal guilt and stuff like that are not having it. <laughs> Well, I'll say this as as a little bit of a caveat. I know Malcolm Spellman a little bit. Met him a few times. Great dude. And I can we also count his name drops? Come on. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're only counting my name drops. We're only counting my name drops. No. <laughs> my point being, like, he's not for the bullshit. Like, if it if it was gonna be like on some some whack shit, he would he would bail. Right. Until that happens, I sort of give them the benefit of the doubt. But but primarily my thing is as a artist or creative person, I feel like you can't monitor people's thoughts. You can't you can't try to cut people off at the knees before they pre even present their ideas. Certainly you have the right to protest and would do whatever you want to do, but it's a little bit of a fascist thought to like try to cut people off before they even get a chance to express their idea i know it's problematic oh, with shots fired <laughs> i what well, i know Again, it's problem. you got to put that on the chat <laughs> i know it's problematic with um people's views of the way that game of thrones has dealt with people of color and slavery but this is a different show there's other voices in the room mm -hmm. uh you know people like tanahasi coates have have come out against the show and there's like you like you said April Rain, who started the Oscar So White hashtag, yeah, um, is is against it. But so it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky balance, right? It's a tricky balance of like being creative and writing something interesting and finding a real conflict, mm -hmm. and still sort of not walking that line of not showing. I mean, I'm sure there'll be said like 
I'm sure they're going to be sensitive. I'm sure they're going to try to put in the effort to do a good job, but it's still, mm. it's still, I mean, it's like writing a really good rape scene, right? right. It's like, it's tricky, <laughs> right? Am I wrong? It's like, it's, it's tricky. You're still you're doing right. I mean, you look at Sons of Anarchy, uh, the scene that they did in season two with Gemma getting raped. You look at obviously the accused, not that we're going down that cul-de-sac, but, well, we're right, <laughs> yeah. um, but like with these things, it, like I said, Malcolm, People have liked Malcolm's work on Empire. They've liked his sure. wife's work. They've liked Game of Thrones. They trust these people as creatives on other things. Like, but it is it, like I get it. I mean, it, that's you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You got to be smart and you got to be sensitive and you got to be thoughtful at the same time. You want to be creative. It's that really, really thin balance. Mm-hmm. All right, so clear out the lane. Here I come, Jakaris. <laughs> I got feelings. Uh, <laughs> Woo! Wait, yes. what just happened? I feel like you just said something important that I didn't understand. <laughs> uh, you, you'll understand if you watch Sunday's episode. God damn. Um, no, so I, because I've, I've been mostly kind of monitoring the situation on, on Twitter or whatever. I've been, I've been like that one meme of the Korean pop star guy who's like, <laughs> you know, where he just kind of puts down his mic and decides to sip his, sip his Starbucks tea or whatever. Because, <clears throat> because I, I mean, and I, I get exactly where the, the V triggered people are coming from. I get, you know, how it could possibly cause some people some pain, stuff like that. I understand all of that. I, I've also watched some very well-meaning uh, white writers like, oh, Judd Apatow kind of stumbles his way into the discussion, you know, using. You know, slightly wrong verbiage, get totally dragged by not just black Twitter, but all of Twitter and kind of felt bad for them because they meant well, but they didn't use quite the right words. And oh. I get all of that, but from my point of view, especially as a creative, I'm always, I'm usually going to side with the artist, at least, or at least giving, giving the artist the chance to express their art before you destroy it, before you drag it. That's why I'm always very careful not to, I mean, like, I know what movies I like to see, don't like to see. I'm always very careful not to comment on the quality of movie until I've actually seen it. I can say, oh, this looks bad, or whatever, but I won't say it is bad. These people are yeah. saying this is bad before even a page's been written, which I right. do think is severely limiting now i'm not one of these people who are here out here be like oh it's you know <clears throat> it's uh it's censorship you know you know you're, you're trying to prevent them from 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 producing their vision or whatever i honestly care less and i do think it is problematic that it was these two white guys that kind of were like yeah let's do this at first i'm glad they got you know some black people in the room who are who are they're making sound like they're co-equal partners which is important but you know, and so I can, you can always kind of question sometimes the motivation a little bit, but I still think because these are all very smart people, very accomplished writers who are used to dealing with very good and tricky material, not always successfully, I might add, you know, there've been some issues with the, the way they, you know, handled some stuff in Game of Thrones. I still think they need, they deserve a chance to, <clears throat> an opportunity to at least show what it was they're thinking about or feeling, and then you can drag it. Then yeah. you can tear it apart. If it's insensitive, if it's whack, whatever drag it through the mud and i'll be right there with you pulling on the rope but until that time i agree with you my one last point would be about you people about black people <laughs> is that not your people you people okay. <laughs> is that is that we often don't want to look we want to forget about slavery not look back at slavery the pain etc i get that to a certain extent but i contrast that with jewish people who are like, never forget. Never forget, yeah. We're gonna do a movie about it every year. We're gonna watch it, we're gonna support it. That's totally They're, different, but okay. My point being, uh, it, no is, it is, okay, anyways. it is the, the, 
I would say the apex of of sort of Jewish pain was the Holocaust. I could be wrong. I could be misspeaking here, but in my perception, the apex of their pain was the Holocaust. They want to keep that memory alive and remind people so that history does not repeat itself. Black people want to forget about slavery, move on, move away from the pain. Well, actually, actually, I'll push back on that a little bit. It's not so much that that we want to forget about slavery. It's that, because a point they really bring up, which is true, and this is how I felt watching Detroit, which I think is a good but very, very flawed movie, was that, you know, there's a lot, almost too much commercialization of black pain. And, and there's a point in, in Detroit, you know, especially this really saggy middle where I'm like, okay, I've kind of tapped out on, on black male emasculation. I'm, I'm good. Like, you've made your point. Catherine Bigelow, why are we spending another half hour of more emasculation? Like, we get it. Even if it is, you know, real life, let's just move this along. I think, and I think they do have a very solid point about how there's a lot of commercialization on, on you know, black pain, almost like wish fulfillment of slavery, stuff like that. Like, I get all of that. I still do side, though. I want to see what the art, artistic vision is first, because there could be some really interesting stuff in there. I mean, because there are a lot of really outlandish plots or ideas that have come along the pike that, you know, that have been really successful shows. What? So we're going to watch a high school, you know, uh, chemistry teacher, you know, turn into Scarface, you know, it all, be, all because he couldn't get his health care. Oh, that's bullshit. That's crazy. You know, no, it was one of the best shows of all time. You never know. That's that's my point. That's my what? That's, uh, I thought you had a point. <laughs> yeah, I thought you had a point. I got lost in his, I got lost in his magic words. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, can... I was just going to say that I, I don't know. I mean, look, I think there's a, I think there's a fundamental difference with the ability for the Jewish community to make movies in the Hollywood business, as opposed to black folks making movies with the kind of money and the, the history. And the gatekeepers uh, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a huge difference there. I also feel like there's a huge difference. It's not, I don't, I would not say that black people are trying to forget. I just feel like, uh, I don't think they're trying to forget. I, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a statement that's not, I have to think about how to answer it, but I think that's, I don't think it's like trying to forget the pain. I think the pain is important. I and mean, I think the history, and no one ever says, don't, for, don't forget about our past. Our history is not important. It's more I like, think we're just tired of it being exploited for dollars. That's, that's sure. what I oh, mean. Well, I mean. Yeah, but, they, but, but, but this, these same people, had they heard about, had they heard the pitch for Underground, the, the, the uh, Underground Railroad show, would have pushed back against that, I guarantee it. Same thing with 12 Years a Slave. Those two projects, I think, in my opinion, very quality projects about, about uh, you know, early American slave life or whatever you want to call it. Like, And I think those pieces of art spoke to those times and to now and, and brought in windows about the Black experience. And, those there are great were, examples. I, I kind of agree with you on that. I, those are great examples. Because if you had told me, well, I haven't yet even seen Underground because, hey, like I said, that's like, different. They're, you're basically saying, I mean, look, I don't look, whatever. You, but you're basically saying that these, that Underground and Twelve Years a Slave, people would push back on. But these are historically grounded, right? As opposed to this idea where you're going to sort of take this fictional version of it and sort of have fun with it and be creative. Those are, uh, those well, are very well, different. The fact that you I feel like. The fact that you say have it's fun like, with it. This is way too educated. We go back to cursing and diapers. The fact that you say have fun with it, like paints it with a different brush. These people have been calling it fan fiction online, like oh, fan damn. fiction. That's a li- that's 
of broad stroke, but we can pull out of this. So, so fan yeah. fiction. So, so yes, but fan fiction. No one's. You think, so would someone call 12, 12 Years a Slave fan fiction? No, no. It, it, but, those, well, no, those are great. But those are, 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 are historically grounded. Is what I'm saying. They're right, based no. in reality. This idea is they're taking sort of the they're taking snippets or I don't I actually I know very little about this project, but they're taking uh, that won't stop me from talking about it. They're taking snippets <laughs> of this idea and they're creating their own world using parts, right? And that's right. what I'm assuming that's what people are offended by. The idea that it's like you're not even gonna be accurate about it and you're sort of using what you want to use to tell the story. Well, they, they, or, or they're afraid that it'll, it'll, delve, it'll satisfy or give wish fulfillment to closet and open racists out there. I yeah, no, I, look, I get the argument. I, like you, I have no doubt that these, whoever, the, whoever the creators are that Kevin is vouching for, I'm sure they're intelligent, smart, sensitive people that want to do a good job. And my guess is they're incredibly creative and will tell a really cool story. You have to understand if you're going to walk that walk, he's coming baggage with you. And I feel like yeah. these guys, if these guys are as bright as you say, I mean, I'm sure they're aware of that too. Well, and, and also I don't think, and just to reiterate, I don't think HBO did them any favors because it really was like they have, they have no script. They had nothing, not a page written. It was just an idea. HBO wanted to, you know, crest off of all this, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, success. It was like, yeah, and get this next. Step. It was basically a case of white people not knowing any better. Like, no, you probably should have waited to at least have a script or, or like a trailer or something you could show people to give, you know, otherwise the idea on the face of it does sound a little bit outlandish. But I'll tell you this much because I do love historical fiction and even all historical fiction, I guess. I promptly went online and found the YouTube uh, movie of that um, of, of that book. They, they made like a movie out of a book um, uh, basically off of alt history of the United States if the Confederacy had won. And I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, it's not for me, it's not like, oh, wow, I really wish I'd be, I was still enslaved. No, I'm curious to see how soci sociologically and Wait, scientifically they would have set it up. What it they would have set it up to have this alt history. And I think they're going to do the same thing. They're going to bring in historians. They're going to bring in like social scientists. They're going to bring in, you know, all this, all the people you have and you're creating like a, re a, a reasonable facsimile of a world that doesn't exist. You're going to have all those people you know, to try to form this this alt history, and they're and they're probably, they're going to do it respectfully and interestingly. I hope. Well, I don't, I don't say hope. I'm not terribly invested, but I'm intrigued to see if it makes if the production makes it and what it looks like. That's all I got to say about it. All right, we're, we're too damn deep on this. Real quick, yeah. what three things are y'all watching? We'll go uh, KG first. I am watching uh, Insecure is back for season two. I'm all over it. It's it's. Ooh, Lawrence Hive took a body shot last night last yeah week. that was that was that was a tough shot his old tasha is her name is that her name yeah i'm off the hive man she, i'm off the hive she served she served my pretty good i'm also watching snowfall getting into that a little bit it's a little slow but in one of the stories i like a little bit more than the other two but it's yes i'm gonna swing with it for a while and then number three I don't know if you got. I know G Nice does not watch it. Power is back. Oh, of course. Yeah, and every Saturday night they, they put that joint up on on demand. Yeah. I watch that shit. Yeah, so Ghost, I had my Game of Thrones time, you know, open. Right, Ghost is out of jail, back on the streets. Things that that one episode with with uh, Fifty doing what he did was super wonky and like not good to me. But everything else, I'm still riding with it. Love to see it. Yeah, well, and I'll, actually, I heard an explanation behind that because they actually I, yeah. so. Yeah, how they cut their episode order. They had essentially two episodes in one. They kind of had to mash it up, and it was, yeah, yeah. it didn't really flow. Yeah, I, I get you. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with own power. Except, <laughs> what, what, 
I'm not with Tasha hitting that dude, that that uh, lawyer dude. Not, I mean, I don't really care if she's faithful or not. I just think he's corny. And then even worse, scenes from next week, he's wearing a Morehouse College T-shirt. I'm like, shit. <laughs> this dude my college. The bad thing about uh, something I will say about it, there's certain things which you see coming a mile away, like that relationship you saw. They telegraphed that probably a little bit too much, but I'm still there for the ride. Still, you know, watching Power and enjoy. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> it's you two. You guys are the only ones. Um, really, we're not. When am I watching? <laughs> it's, like, I... it's like the best show in Stars history. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but okay. Wait, did Stars have the girlfriend experience? Yes, exactly. Or was that Cinemax? I don't know. One of those two shows. Sounds uh, yeah. like Cinemax. Yeah, but... <laughs> sounds like Cinemax. <laughs> that show was excellent. And that Soderbergh, and he did the Nick on Cinemax. Anyway, yeah, that's, probably uh, that's good. I, 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 I only saw like three episodes, but it looked really good. It's incredible. Um, Watch the whole thing. It's great. Uh, what am I watching? I was watching something that I spent a lot of time on, and I was incredibly disappointed about it. The Patriot? <laughs> what? What? No, oh, it was... Um, okay, you're killing us, G. This is what happens when you come in unprepared. Okay, fine. No, so you're not I'm, I'm telling you what I am watching. So it's, I can't remember the name. It's on Netflix, and it's got Jason Bateman. Oh, it's hold on. You are like Ozark? Are you serious? Did you finish it? It is bomb. No, I'm like five in, but it's good. That dude, I like. He does a really good it's, job, but he's got really good no, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't That's what it. happens when you come in prepared, bitches. So it's like... Um, <laughs> but I, I mainlined that in like two days. Like I was... Oh, I, I love that show. It was great. It's excellent. That that pilot is amazing. I mean, that first episode is amazing. Like It's I got thought, a lot going on. I think a lot of his little final scenes in the episodes are weird. I think his cliffhangers are a little strange to me. But other than that, he's very good. I cannot stand Bunny Hunt. Is it Bunny Hunt? No, it's... No, no, Laura Linney? Really? Yeah, I cannot stand her. She's very, very, very good. She's incredibly talented. And Wait a minute, like the character, it's a little too much Skylar White for you? I, I just, I do, I do not. She drives me nuts, but she's always... She, she, gets, she gets better. If you're only 5'3", she gets better. Like, you you get all the motivations behind why she acts the way she does by by the end of the, the first season. You're saying her, her character, you don't like... You, you like her as an actress. I do not like her as an actress. Oh. That said, no, I do not like her as an actress across the board. Oh. I really okay. dislike her. But she's very, very good. Right. I have a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, no, Ozark is excellent. I highly recommend everybody, everyone should watch that. It is really good. And it really gets you in the inside the mind. Oh, of the I don't remember when I finished. Okay, so two things. So Ozark is what I'm watching that I like very much. I've also been oh, okay, trying, to, trying to get back into Mr. Robot, but it's hard. I, I don't... Second I, season's hard. It's yeah, convoluted. Hard. And then I finally finished Gypsy. What do you think of that? That's not very good. I, it, but I watched it, it all, but like at the end, oh, th- that's that's when you were talking about where you watched it, and at the end, you were kind of disappointed. That's exactly how I felt, too. At the end, I was like, what the hell did I just do with 12 hours of my life? Because it was like, <laughs> yes. it was the payoff with that. I, have you, it was like, it was like eating the sandwich you've been excited to eat, and then you finish it, and you're like, I'm really hungry. Like, it was <laughs> not... It was there was nothing sad. There was no like payoff. The climax was it was so weird because there was so much money and a lot of talent there, yeah. and in the end it was just like what what. Or, or to quote the unofficial uh, uh, therapist of the pod, Nicole Ward, she was like, All right, "I'm tired of seeing uh, 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 white therapists, you know, gets too involved in her patients' lives type of show." So I'm like, "Is that a thing? Like, I didn't notice." <laughs> but that, but that, I mean, at least that the way you describe that gives it way more excitement than it actually was. Like, <laughs> like that, that, it was such less at the end. It was like, "What is this show about?" 
her whole it was just it was i was like frustrated and then i did the thing i did i don't know if you guys do this sometimes when you finish reading when you finish watching something i'll like look up yes thought yeah and like it all all these other people are like that was the worst it didn't nothing happens i'm like oh okay <laughs> sometimes i think i just misread it like, to quote some more more conservative friends it was a big nothing burger <laughs> yeah. kind of what it was it was just boring but if it goes back for a second season would you watch i mean this is gonna but i'm twisted this way but i feel like <laughs> i would have to like see if something else happens mm-hmm. you know what i mean but yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah it was a big nothing burger all right well, that's cool um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I feel okay. like I'm look around and I'm confused. What's that? I said when you do that, I feel like I'm in the club and then I look around and I'm at home and my kids are. Yeah, straight. Yeah, you're in the club. You know, cl- club cinema draft. All right. So we're going on to our main subject now. It is our top three secret agent movies. Y'all know the rules, but for those what? new to the pod, of which we... <laughs> oh, Jesus. this is what happens when you do not read the rundown. <laughs> Uh, so basically, um, so for those of you who are new to the pod, and I do know we have one new listener. Yay. What's up, Mr. Listener? Yeah, my massage therapist. Yay. Uh, Yay. <laughs> um, it is uh, basically the rules are you have a, well, each one of us will name a movie about spies or secret agents. We alternate picks. Once someone picks a movie, the movie is out of play. So there's a little element of game theory here where if you think someone's going to take your movie, you want to say it first. And so as uh, – False. So False. Is, False. That's a fundamental flaw. And since Greg is so woefully underprepared, he's going first, damn it. Well, that's stupid. Darkness. <laughs> 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 well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That actually isn't correct. This is what we do. We end up going with the ones we want. First, just to keep from the other person. But the truth is, we should be building to the best movie. Uh, no. Get your own show. All right. So, great. G night. I'm going to fire up the screen share so we can do a little background digging into some of these shows or some of these movies or whatever. <clears throat> um, I'm pretty sure what one's going to go – or not what, necessarily what one, but um, what ones are going to go off the board pretty quickly. So, just go ahead and say it. Just, you know, go ahead and say it, Gina. Why don't you go first? No, 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 no. You're unprepared. Well, then, well, then the you pushed our show taping an entire day, said you'd read the rundown, didn't read the rundown. Yeah, you're you going did. first, damn it. Type <laughs> faster. Figure out your secret agent movies because you're going first, damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, then you're going to. I'll be off the top of my head. My favorite secret agent movie is. Um, I have to find the title. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Yeah, I've mean, <laughs> this movie before. I think it's great. Oh, not not that. Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He's a. Detective. Oh no, that's awesome though. It was that, a secret. That, that, that movie's fantastic. It's a mammoth movie. Um, State Maine? No. No, 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 no. Don't say nothing. No, no. Oh, no. you're killing the pot. All right, you know what? You first, me first. Yeah, I know, um, but you're supposed to have like a, a some window up ready with like a bunch of titles or something. I mean, do your do your, do your job. <laughs> Spartan, Spartan, great movie, Spartan. There we go, Spartan, Spartan. There we go. Okay, yo, actually, we had really we had wildly divergent views on this one. I remember we actually debated this in real time back in 2004. Like, I thought this shit was. Cool. Yes, go ahead. Wait, you thought it was bad. I, I don't. I didn't like it like you did. I don't think. I, oh, I remember. I think I gave like two reels, and you were like, "What?" And I think we had like a real debate like that year. It's, but yes, do tell about Spartan. Give us the deets. No one's seen this movie but you and I. <laughs> That's yeah. not true. It's uh, he's like a, he's like an agent for um, 
he's like a military agent or something, and he has to go and get the captured girlfriend back. It's uh, it's the chick from um, the blonde girl. Nope, oh, <laughs> the blonde yeah. girl. Just leave it at that. The brown and girl. Derek Luke is in it. Tia Texada is her name, and I don't know why she didn't become a star. She's gorgeous and talented, but yes. No, it's not. It's it's not. It's um. It wasn't Tia Texada. No, it's what's her name? She her her her. Kristen her. Bell. Kristen oh, okay. Bell. So she did become a star. She did become. It worked out. See, that was right. It's a good movie. Uh, okay. And, and okay. So, anything else you want to add? I mean, kind of. Thin. No, he's not. I'm realizing in this moment, he's not really a spy. He's an investigator. He's like a military. <laughs> he's he's a military. God, you're the worst. You know. Okay. You're the best. Oh. Awesome. All right, go. You ready to go first? Go. All right, so I'm sure KG's got one. Go ahead, KG. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm taking the great one off the board, and that oh. would be one of our Arnold Schwarzenegger's best movies. Yeah, I wasn't that is have that. True Lies. True Lies. Okay, I enjoyed that. That was fun. Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome in that. Yeah, she is. She yes, she is. It's uh, you know, he's a spy. She thinks uh, he's cheating. On her, and then vice oh, versa. They have the scene where she comes in and tries <laughs> yeah. to seduce him as the yes. uh, spy or whatever. Very entertaining. Uh, Mid eighties. When did that come out? 90. Oh, 94. Oh, well, ninety four. There you go. Even better. Bill Paxton, R.I.P. Yeah, he's in that. Yeah, everyone's in the sucker. I forget. Harry. Very Cash. entertaining. Smart action movie. Mid nineties. Arnold. Uh, I mean, he'd probably jumped the shark shark a couple times before this, but uh, this was one of his better performances. Yeah, I mean, this is a good movie for him. More grounded performance from your boy, Arnie. <laughs> that's a great poster shot right there. That, that's a good shot. All right, I approve. <clears throat> All right, and mine, I'll take this off the board real quick. Of course, you have to go Bond, Casino yeah. Royale. I mean, the Ooh. reboot that really did bring made Bond cool again. I mean, it's... Oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, it had, I mean, for me at least, it had everything I like and love about. I mean, first of all, I'm here for every Bond movie, just regardless. That's, that's not even a question. But secondly, I mean, it made, it made Bond fun, Bond fun again. Like, he, I mean, he was a little dour and, and, and stuff but in, about business, but he still, you know, vetted the women and he gambled. He played poker, big, you know, poker scene and stuff at the end, which I could really appreciate. I mean, hot women. I mean, you know, exotic locales. And, and the fighting, it brought like, well, they're obviously like aping the, the Bourne style of like, you know, up close, handheld style, you know, f filming of uh, of of uh, fight choreography, but um, it 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 worked. It, it was effective, and you kind of got like a sense of who this of who this guy was. Yeah, he cleans up well, but he really is kind of a, a dirty little cat. You know, he's kind of yeah. he likes to get you know he likes a little brolic with. He likes to you know you know mix it up a little bit. So I really enjoyed it, and and yeah, he even falls in love. So you know, it's got a little bit of everything, and the whole thing with like the Bahamas and see, I mean, it was, it really was like, they, I'm not sure how long they took between this movie and the Bond movie before. Cause I think this was, this was uh, Daniel Craig's introduction as James Bond. Yeah. He just nailed it. I remember when the casting for Bond for a, uh, uh, for a Daniel Craig came out, people were like, "Who is this guy? He's blonde. He can't have a blonde." All the little fanboys, you know, they're you know, mm. tidy whities up in a bunch. But he was excellent. Still is pretty much excellent. I mean, I enjoyed Skyfall, fine, um, and and the other movies they had after it. It's you know, but it, this was the best of of the the Daniel Craig Bond movies, in my opinion. Yep, gave you definitely like a grittier, more grounded Bond. Great pick. Yeah, I want to take my back. I'm ready now. 
<laughs> okay, fine. We 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 restart the clock on G Nice. All right. Okay. So that one didn't count because that it wasn't. That was a mulligan. Just kidding. You passed. Okay. So um, they are so they are really good. So my one of my favorite. And I'm gonna say this because well, I should say this, but this is. You guys ever seen sneakers? Uh oh. Yes. Long time Back ago, in the day, it's uh, Robert Redford. Robert yeah. Redford. Sidney Poitier. Uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd's in it. Um. Uh, uh, what's it, the British dude? Uh, 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 Sean Cleese? No. No, no. Uh, Kingsley. Ben Kingsley's in it. It's super cool. Do you guys remember this? I remember the scene so well where they search through. It's the girl, and she's like, you got to understand how to know a man. you got to search through his trash. And they go through his trash, and they find yeah. all his, his toothpaste styles. Do you guys remember this? It's such a cool movie. I barely remember, but I, I, did, I did see it. I've seen it at least twice. That much I do remember. That movie's awesome. That movie's awesome. And like, here's the thing. Robert Redford has some really classic movies. But he has also has a ton of these movies where he's just – it's not like a power movie. It's not like he's the hes the star of this, but it's really subtle. And he's just like mm. – he it's like a quality – like I feel like they don't do these anymore. But this is like a quality, really smart, very simple – Where they talk yeah. a lot? No, no. They do a lot – shush. They do a lot of – they do – wait. They do a lot of like – I remember they – yeah. They do a lot of like – and River Phoenix is in it when he's young. Yeah, 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 yeah I remember, you guys, this is such a great movie. No, 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 no I remember it. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It wouldn't make my top three, but I enjoyed it. 92. That's a great movie. I remember watching that over and over and over again on VCR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, fine. You made up for that pick. But since you were beginning, it's almost like snake draft style. What's your second pick now? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm prepared. All right, oh, I'm gonna take, wow. Nice I'm going to take this off the board. I know this is going to steal from Kevin, but Enemy of the State. Is one of my. Oh, that was one of Kevin's. In your face, brother, That was my number. That was my next one off the board. Of course it was. Of course it was. Because this is probably Will Smith's greatest movie. Easily. Oh, whoa, whoa. Seriously? Oh, he's really good in this. I mean, no, he's really good. And I enjoyed the movie. And I used to have it on, not VHS. I actually had the DVD. I, I love the hell out of this movie. But really, it's his best movie, you think? Yeah. Yeah, we actually did. We I think we had this conversation before, but like if you look at all his other stuff, he's got no, some I, I need to see it. This is this is but this I'm one like, is great, and this is also um what's his name, the director. This is um uh free, what's his name? He did uh, Tony Scott or Tony Scott. Scott. This is to, this yeah, is Tony yeah, Scott. Tony but this awesome. is Tony Scott. Really, this is still in the really good Tony Scott phase where it became before. Uh, well, I, I really like him in Hitch, though. Hitch was awesome. Hitch is like a modern-day boomerang. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, nope, not close. But um, they, <laughs> And they, Bad Boys! What are you talking about? That's also a fun movie, but this he was great in this. It's top to bottom. It's fun. It moves fast. It's funny. It's cool. Gene Hackman is crotchety and perfect. Yes. And like Regina, Regina Hall's in it. And she's this this awesome. is the movie where I learned about the NSA. Like I had no idea what it did. <laughs> and this is the movie that taught me about the NSA. I'm like, and oh, then remember, they have a scene where they show um, Gene Hackman's picture, which is a shot from the first movie. It's supposed to be sort of a like loose sequel. Oh, to, like the, uh, the, the conversation. This is the oh, conversation. Is yeah. The conversation of the target or something like that. Yeah, the conversation. conversation. And it's just a oh, oh yeah, it leaves a bone. Oh, I forgot so about that part. Your bay. Part of the movie. What's up, girl? What's up, girl? What's up, girl? For those <laughs> listening at home, it's Lisa Bonet up on the screen. <laughs> Look at her. She just looks in so all of her nineties, just real grungy. She's kind of grungy. Disinterested and still beautiful. And, and and popped out a gorgeous kid, Zoe Kravitz, killing it. That's her daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right, anyways. The, but we digress. There's yeah, a great, yeah, there's great random scenes of him, like, running with a – with. why is he in a robe? I can't remember. But he's running away. 
This is those perfect movies in those like the the nineties. Yeah, Regina King, Regina King wow. killing it. She killed it. Jason Lee in here for like ten yeah. minutes. I'll never forget this. I remember reading an interview where he's like, because you know he was on the cusp of kind of becoming something, and he's like, yeah, and they fly me out for this Tony Scott movie. And I work ten days and make one hundred seventy thousand. It was awesome. I was like, damn, that is some real Hollywood blockbuster money right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he was great in that. And he was like the oh, and I forgot Gabriel Burns is in it. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a great movie. And Bruckheimer, Bruckheimer, man, yeah, that dude is just timeless, man. He makes he makes so many hits. He's got so much money. He's got TV money, which is like the longest money in Hollywood, quietly. Yes, and but this, also movie money. This is one of those movies he made that's actually really good. Back to Regina King, she <laughs> killed it in this. it. She kills it in this. She kills it in Jerry Maguire. Been yes. underrated for years. She deserves all that she gets. She's directing a little now. Right. Interesting. In, in the state, she, I dig it though. I dig leftovers. It. She did a good job in leftovers. In the weird. Leftovers. I, I tapped out the first season. It's too weird. But mm, I hear I heard it got yes. better. But that first season was terrible. That's not true. It didn't get better. But she's good in. <laughs> okay, KG. Since he stole your thunder, what's your second? <laughs> stole no. my thunder. I'm gonna identity. Have, I'm gonna have to go with another oh, wow. movie that you will not guess. One identity. Not. Uh, it's from another series, which has already been mentioned here, and it is Live and Let. Die. Roger Moore. As ah, I like that. That's the one where he goes to Jamaica. Bond is whatever. What's that? Bond is whatever to me. I've always been like, whatever. Tell your story. Why is this so good? This is so <laughs> great to me on <laughs> because he takes he takes over Since the role. I believe in this one. I believe uh, Roger Moore takes Roger over Moore. the role. Okay. You, you, Nineteen seventy-three. Like, you've got like black people in this Bond, and they're yeah, like, they're like. Prominently, and, uh, and he's uh, making out with like black. He's like hitting black chicks and everything. It's awesome. Yeah. You got uh, Yafet Koto. Who, who, Wait, aren't they the bad guys? They're yeah. the bad guys, but whatever. Jane Seymour. One step at a time. One step at a time. Jane Seymour too. She still looks good. I mean, yeah, she's does she have her, Does she have her uh, open heart pendulum right there? <laughs> <laughs> That's for you millennials who know nothing of Jane Seymour but those damn commercials. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's great because it was it was, it was, it was a Seven Up guy. You had uh, it was just great to see black people in a Bond movie. Come on, you know, man. you know. I mean, we yeah, of course we had to be like the the villains, but you know, you know, well, nineteen seventy three progress. Well, we'll take it where we can get it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Kananga, that's what it was. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie. I had that on. That's I think like I his harem. Is that his harem? <laughs> that's yeah. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Have you have you seen Live and Let Die? Uh, a long time and ago. By the way, theme song. Live and Let Die. You had, you had the original version by Queen, I believe, and then you had uh, the cover by Guns N' Roses years later. Oh, really? Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, the the theme song this was was awesome. I mean, this is yeah, the seventies definitely were like really good. James Bond like heyday theme songs, you know, to these movies. Yeah, this is yeah. I oh, I, I dig this. Nah, yeah, I love I love every time we have a show, <clears throat> and I see movies I'm like oh yeah, I enjoy that. I need to go see that again. So, and then I want to go watch it again. Except that, not in this case. So can I say James Bond? That Seven Up guy. Mm -hmm. That's a bad guy. Awesome. You gotta love that. Come yeah, on. that's great stuff. All right, the so I'm taking the most guy. obvious one what? off the board. Wait, wait. I want to comment on James Bond. Okay. Oh, you don't like him. I don't dislike him. But I feel like James Bond, he wears cool suits, he gets chicks, he has tiny, he like pulls out guns at random moments, and he does like cool stunts. This should be something I think is awesome. <laughs> but I'm always like, eh. 
And I'm wondering it's because if they're it's it's because they're British. Like if the dude wasn't British, would I be like more into it? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I mean, it you're like, like I it mean, has all the pieces that should make it fun, but it's always like I'm always indifferent about it. I thought you were gonna come with some, you know, uh, with some like university educated thing, like oh, I don't like the objectification of women, and no, you're like it's because he's British. I don't know. Yeah, xenophobia. xenophobia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna right, well, well. Yeah. Okay. We disagree. All right. So my next movie is my second if movie. Edris was was if Edris, that would be interesting to me. Yeah, and they should, and and I thought he was gonna get it, but they just saw. I mean, they they truly just backed the Brinks truck. Like, I mean, I've heard crazy numbers, something like what was like fifty million, some ridiculous number they backed up for for uh, Daniel Craig to do this next bond because he was done. He was done after this last was it Skyfall or or I like him more. He seems angry and he doesn't talk as much. I feel like that's interesting. I feel like that was a cool take. He's not as cool as the other bonds. He's more like angry and sullen, unhinged. I feel like that's a funny. That's a cool take on it. You know, yeah, I, I, but these are physically demanding, like you know, roles, and he's—I he mean, said. he's like older, right? And yeah, he's almost fifty, and he's like, but he has to have like you know, washboard abs. Like, this sucks. I mean, your yeah. metabolism slows down at forty. You know, you know yeah, but you know what? You G nice, but for yeah, right. what? <laughs> maybe not for you, G nice. You're the boy. You're the you're the boy wonder. You're angel's wonder. But for yeah. everyone else, metabolism slows down. He's probably tired of doing crunches and and taking testosterone pills and shit. That's like what that. I'm saying. He's not doing crunches. He's taking testosterone pills. He's got like a world class trainer. He's probably got five of them. All right, so I'm going to my next movie. Damn it! Yeah, before this becomes it. a two hour podcast. All right, Spy Game. This movie mm. is timeless. I probably watched it uh. every two two and a half years just on GP. It's excellent. It's just, I mean, it's in it's low. It's a, it's low key excellence. Like, I don't think it really won any Oscars or anything, but I really enjoy it. It's it's also once again historical fiction that kind of takes place over the years. Like you see, basically the recruitment and development of a young spy. You know, Brad Pitt plays you know a cat named Tom Bishop. He kind of learns you know the tricks of the trade out in like Beirut and Lebanon and, and everything as he's growing as he's uh, growing in the game. And it all it's like a, it's a weaved story. There's like a, a present day story or a present they like 2001 for them with like this whole you know rescue operation over in a Chinese prison and uh, and, you're, and you then you hear the backstory of who you're trying to rescue and then why it's important and it's re- it's really well done it's Robert Redford again I think he directed too and he's no and it's he, Tony it, Scott oh it, that's just Tony Scott too God Tony man I miss you Tony you're so good Tony you're right it's Tony Scott. Um, it's, it's just excellent. I mean, you know, just it's one of those movies that it, it's got some action, but really mostly about like the talk, like like the, the talking and the trade craft, like the, the subtlety of the trade craft. There's not like a bunch of bullets and, and bombs like Bond. It's more like talking your way through situations, figuring out you know like intelligence and how do you pass intelligence and how do you you know just how, how do you you know. Uh, become like a spy on like the administrative levels because he's in the field a young uh, or not young but younger in this uh, part of the movie uh, Robert Redford he's in the field and he's teaching him the tricks of trade but then in present day he's like in the boardroom and trying to figure out stuff from a macro level so it's just really cool I enjoyed it it's really well done you know great script all that good stuff Oh no, Ridley Scott. It's, oh no, it's Tony Scott. Oh, that's he looks he looks kind of like Ridley, his older brother. Um, yeah, the Tony Scott may rest in peace. Uh, took his own life a long time ago, whatever. But yeah, Tony Scott um, directed this, and yeah, just just a master. I miss him. I I do, I do miss his movies. I mean, he'd probably be doing like his umpteenth movie with Will Smith, or his umpteenth movie with like. Uh, his movies got a little too fast for me. Somewhere along the way, like, do you guys remember Domino? They just yeah, they had so many shots like the game Domino. It would just be so many shots. I felt like I was watching like a video game. 
and I would get lost along the way. I'd be like, "What? What's happening?" It was. It was. A, he started to sort of get into like the Oliver Stone area, where you're just sort of this weird trippy visual. Yeah, but he's very, very talented. I had a great eye. He's. he's he was. There were like ten straight movies where he was just killing it. This. I always thought this was a good movie. I thought this was a solid movie. I thought it was really sort of heavy loaded because it was like two big guns, and it was like the generationals. Like it was like you yeah. know, there's two generations sort of colliding. Uh-huh. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. What do you so, think, KG? Uh, I enjoyed Sus- it. I don't remember that great, but again, to me, to me, it was all about basically sort of the the dream boats of two generations in a movie. Did I say that first? Did I say? I feel like I said that first. I just wanted to. Okay. Either right, way, right, right. I'm saying that's what it was about. Okay, G nice. Give us your third one. Let's keep this okay, my third one is Homeland. No, 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 no. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a movie. Oh, all right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> um, my. We, we don't. Have, we don't have TV contests yet on Cinema Draft, so we got it. We're sticking to the movies. Go yes, on. I know. I'm just playing. Okay. So um, <laughs> there are a variety of third ones that I was gonna throw out there because. Spider-Man. Oh, here we go with the honorable mentions. All right, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, honorable mention. Look how nervous Kevin's getting. I'm not nervous at all. Okay. <laughs> I've got an honorable mention Mr. and Mrs. Smith because it was okay. fun and it was sexy and cool and they were interesting. It got ridiculous, but it was fun. Why um, are you throwing out? Go ahead. Because it's making you uncomfortable. And then two. I'll just say the same thing twice. Put <laughs> <laughs> out there because spy movies. There's two versions, right? There's a super cool Which, spy which one? Guy. No, we missed that. We missed that. What was the movie? I didn't say it yet. Oh. I said there's two versions of spy movies, right? There's the one where the guy wears a suit and he's super cool and he gets the girl and he doesn't say much and he's like a cool fight scene. And then there's the one where they have fun with it. So my third and final is the one where they have fun with it. The long kiss goodnight, bitches. <laughs> that, movie long was, kiss that was a great goodnight. movie. It was yeah. a great movie. And I know we call classic before on this podcast. Uh, but it's fantastic. And, it's been and mentioned good. on this podcast, but not with you. It, uh, we, we've I think we do this for the greatest we, and worst movies. We this have is, mentioned this before. on Because she's great. Uh, it. She's like sexy and cool and funny and she has great lines and she's like kind of hard. And Sam Jackson is outstanding in this movie. <laughs> he could not make like scumbag cooler. Rennie <laughs> Harlan. What happened to that dude? Damn. Who is he in that? He, he's the director. Yeah. Uh, and he was dating Gina Davis at the time, wasn't he? I thought that was a story. So Charlie Baltimore, great freaking name, great name. Yeah, this is a good, cool, great. great like, that's fun. Yeah. I watched that fifty times over. Yeah, long kiss, good night. All right, any, any thoughts in that case? Remember seeing when she was cutting the lettuce and then loved it against the wall. Loved it. This was when Sam Jackson was sort of on the come up. This was post Pulp Fiction, or right? It was maybe right. It, it, it was like a year or two after that. Pulp Fiction came in '94. This is like '96. Okay, but he so this was like when he was on the rise, and he was actually not just like a dude in the cut. He was like mm-hmm. a major, and I think there was some controversy about this because there was supposed to be like a love story vibe between him and this. Right, I remember that. I remember it got mixed yeah. for whatever reason, whether it was for mm-hmm. whatever reason. I mean, for obvious reasons. He's too dark. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Well, actually, I didn't hear about really? that. What else could it be? <laughs> Especially in nineties Hollywood, especially in nineties Hollywood. Yeah, Uh, I mean he's not exactly a romantic lead necessarily traditionally. So here's here's a fun fact about Sam about um, Sam Jackson. Can you guys name off the top of your head? Can you name a love scene he's been in? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> like, honestly, I can't. Uh, I'd have to think about it, but probably not. No. I, I, I know why. Right. That's right, Matthew. He's in that movie. He's got a love scene with Annette Benning in what movie is like, that? like Daughters and Babies or Moms and Daughters or something, some movie. And oh. it's super awkward. And <laughs> Which is why he has no love scenes. In his I, I guess because it's like it's like he's really he's so gifted at so many things. He's got such a big voice, and he's so like he's got such a presence. Yeah, but he sometimes it is. I feel like it's sometimes it's hard for him to play soft. Did he? Did he have one in Jackie Brown? No. No, I think he like referenced, but I never think he ever like got there. You remember that movie he did, The Red Violin? Yes. Yeah, he's holding the violin so awkwardly because again, it's got to be like a soft, tender moment. But he's like, hold, it just it's it looks super awkward. I think it's funny because he's so gifted, but there's these moments of like subtlety where it's, I think it's just awkward. So well, you got to play to your strengths. Like John Grisham writes legal thrillers. You know, occasionally he steps outside his lane, but his bread and butter is legal thrillers. You know, so. yeah, sometimes he writes about love story. So you're saying he's the uh, Chuck D of actors. <laughs> I, I feel like he can rhyme better. Fight the power that be. Right. <laughs> he can't rhyme. So what do you say? He's great at like preaching, but he can't rhyme. All right, KG. What's your what's your third and final movie? Which you uh, in the in the identity time, I I would say uh, No Way Out, but I can't remember all of that movie. Yeah, because that was not. That was. It was, that was I'm not, just gonna that say this is that's my wife's mom's favorite movie. So just put that. Again. It's very confusing. Uh, yeah. I would also say I'm gonna just say Top Secret. What? That's also a Schwarzenegger, right? No. That's, that's like a, a comedy. That's, ter- that's a terrible movie. It's a spy movie. It's fun. It's stupid. It's uh, terrible. Defend, <laughs> defend your movie, damn it. This, this movie is, is so awesome. dumb. It's a, it's a, it's a stupid spy I'm out, Look at that hair. I'm out it's just on the hair. It's 1984. Yeah, I remember this movie. You, you probably you probably like those old Naked Gun movies, huh? I remember seeing the oh, first those one. Movies I were really cool. so after that, I was, and then the second one. After that, I was out. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm too old for this shit. I was one like, of the best. This, isn't, this is not Naked Gun. This is more no, like but it's, uh, but it's that type of like you know spoofy was, type. And then my other my other one, which uh, my other honorable mention. Oh, be, this is an honorable mention. I thought this was your actual pick. No, no, that's oh. that is my pick. That is my. Oh. Pick. He's trying to make up that for it. He's trying to make up for it. I respect. Well, my it. other, uh, like you had eight honorable mentions. I had one. Is uh, that guy looks super cool in that jacket? Super cool. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, what was that? Lafemme Nikita. Yeah. Okay, that, that's decent. Wait, you said Lafemme Nikita? That's a good movie. You should have started with that. Eighty-seven no, or eighty? Uh, like two. Uh, is the one with Peter Wilson? Eighty-seven? No, 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 not the remake. The French one. The French not one. Okay. French one. Not the French one. That's what I thought. I thought Luke Besson though did the French one. Yeah, the French one's great. You don't like that one? I didn't see that one. I saw the I'm, a, I'm an American. You saw, you the, saw one the one in ninety-seven. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, that's why I'd ask. Yeah, there uh, you this, go. This, this is not. What are you doing? No, not that one. That's the wrong one. He's talking about no oh, way out. Oh, this is the show. This is the show. Sorry. He's talking about no way out. The one no, American version. What Femme are you talking Nikita. about? Le Femme Nikita. Which wow, mean, you just I will reference something you've never yeah. seen before. It's well, this. Okay. It's got to be the ninety-one. Yeah, it's got to be. This is because the other one's like a T-shirt. You're talking about Gabriel Byrne, and you're talking about Bridget Fonda, which is the American version called. Oh, I know. Look at this one, right? Am I right? Look no? at his face. He has no idea what you're talking about. No, 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 no. It's the oh, one with, with what's her face? Jane Fonda. You know, there was one with like a blonde girl, with a blonde La Femme. Yeah. I thought that was a TV show, though. Go to No Way Out. Right in No Way Out. 
Uh, uh, and this is really it. This is the French version. There's an American version <laughs> called No Way Out with Gabriel Byrne and Bridget Fonda. Is that what it's called? Oh, oh God. <laughs> Whatever, man. No, that's Kevin, no, Kevin Costner. And- no, I didn't say No Way Out. What I just you said. You said No Way Out. It's like five that's times. Not I, that's not what I meant. I Point of No Return. No, it's called No Way Out. Point of No Return. Okay, Point of no return is what yeah, I mean. yeah. the remake of the other one. Yeah. Okay, so this is the one you meant. Point That's of no return. The one I meant. See, okay, all right. That is not nearly as good as the French version. <laughs> well, you didn't pick either one, so there we go. <laughs> hey, I vaguely remember this movie. It was fine. Brid- Gabriel Burns is cool in this. She's too skinny. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, any any thoughts on this? Because I have none. Oh, young Dermot Mulroney. Look at that. She she, she likes she like does action shots. I remember her flying. Who directed this? I can't remember. Mm, good question. It was uh, John Badham. Oh, man. That guy had oh. a run in the 80s. John Badham. Love John Badham. Yeah. War Games. Shall we play a game? Oh, War Games is great. War Games <laughs> yes. is a good movie. You should have that. It's not a spy movie. Good movie. Um, all right. So, since you, so I'll so wait, I have, a have either one of you guys seen the French version? I have, I, I think. think so. It's been forever, though. I don't remember That's it. Good. That's much better. It's much better. Great. Okay. All right. Um, my third, <laughs> my third one, my third one, I think is going to be, I mean, it's a toss-up. I mean, you know, I, 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 re- I really like the second one, but the third one, too. I'm going to go with the Bourne Ultimatum. See? The born the born supremacy is great. I mean, there there's that whole thing where he's in, in Germany in the kitchen with the kitchen fight, which is crazy. The born ultimatum to me took it like up just a, a slight bit of more of a notch. You have him in, in like in like Morocco and shit with that crazy bookcase fight and everything. Paul Greengrass and once, once Paul Greengrass got his hands in this this uh, this uh, series, it really did take off. I mean, it, it's just I mean it's. <sighs> It does count on you having watched the first two a little bit. Um, so standalone, it's not like you know totally great, but it's it, it's got the exotic locales. It's got you know he's, he's getting his memory back. So it's more. I think it's the more focused and mission driven of the of the first three born movies. His first one, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Second one, he, he kind of gets it and he's trying to live his life. And they kill his girlfriend. He's pissed off. He spends most of the most of the movie being pissed off. In this movie, he's directed this anger. He wants to end. Treadstone. He's out to 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 stop Joan Allen and who's he got? Brian Cox and all that sort of stuff. He's just out. Mm-hmm. And he gets help from Julie Styles and all sort of stuff. And it's got exotic locales and okay, I really enjoy it. It's good. Julia Styles, hot or not hot? Ooh, it, it to me it's it's picture by picture. But not that you know. Of course we we love women for their minds and their other gifts and intelligence. Ah. Blah, blah blah. But it, for me, it goes movie by movie. She looks better in some movies than others, in my estimation. What do you think? It's got a, a very distinct look, and sometimes it's it doesn't come off well. Other times it does. I agree with that. <laughs> and you, G. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm indifferent. She's whatever. The, I was You're the one who her. asked the question in the first place. Yes, because because she's always this love interest, and she she has a very long string of love interest for black dudes. Right, save the last dance. Yeah, uh, Othello. Was she was she in black and white? I don't think she's in black and white. Was she in black and white? That and I was I was wondering, like, is this she's the white girl that likes black dudes? God, stop. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna end this. Wait, no. I, I, here's my here's my born commentary. Born commentary. What? Born commentary. Uh, okay, let's hear it. The born identity is top to bottom really good. Those are five solid movies. 
The Bourne, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a franchise. Okay, yeah, I agree. Five That's solid movies. Those are good movies. They're like they can keep making those movies. Those are solid, solid. There's never a bad one. This most recent one, the ending was weird, but it's still solid. There's a bunch of running. You feel anxious the whole movie. There's a bunch of like really close fighting and kills people, and then sort of like ambiguously likes a girl but doesn't like a girl, and then saves the day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and, and to me, the, the fact that he loses his lost his memory, or whatever, I think really kind of humanizes him, you know, to an extent, because he's a killing machine. But she doesn't. That. Quite... I don't remember her being in. That. Wow, I don't. Well, you know, this, this must this must just been like at a premiere or something. She couldn't. She can't be in this movie. There's no way. She because she, all she does is Grey's Anatomy. It's almost like famous. Like she's like, yeah, I've got this great life. I work like you know eight months of the year, and I've got this great house in Long Island and in in Hollywood. Like I'm good. Yeah, she can't. There's no way she's in this movie. There's no way. Um, you know, actually, what, instead of just what's going to happen when her name shows up in this movie? Do you explode? <laughs> I I'll, I might actually have to rewatch it, not only because it's a good movie, but like, where the hell was she? Yeah, look at look at this look at this this filmography. This filmography. Not that TV work isn't hard; it's very hard work. Filmography. <laughs> filmography. 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 She. I mean, look at it. 2005, 2017, Grey's Anatomy, and then wait, wait, she's in Dr. two roles, and then nothing till 2005. She's been chill. She's like, I'm the lead movie. I'm, I'm the lead actress in this in this uh, TV series. We do 26 episodes a year usually. I'm good. I'm gonna chill with my with my family Dude. in my homes Dude. and just call it good. Dude, Look at that. she's so Karen cool. Page. Wait, what? She's Karen Page. In what? Daredevil. Oh, oh, and the and the one that um and in the the Ben Affleck one, I guess, yeah. No, oh, I told you guys I had a Karen Page moment. No, what was I your saw, this? Is like a couple months ago. I was at Ralph's. That's wrong. And I was yeah, her. I was at oh, Ralph's. Her, yeah, I was getting were, milk. Something, something, yeah. I was getting milk, and I look up. I was like getting chicken, and I look up, and she's standing right next to me. <laughs> Who's name that? drop. Name drop. Go ahead. I didn't. I don't even know her name. She's standing right next to me. I look Deborah up. Deborah Ann Wall. W O L L. And I see her, and she sees me, and she see she like sees that I recognize her. Uh, and she got scared. No, she yeah, then she got scared. And she's like she pulls out a pen, and she's like, "Yo, do you nice? Will you sign my arm?" Oh, so the, so she goes. So I look at her, and I go, I put my chicken in my bag. I stand up, and I walk. And as I walk away, I go, "Good job, Karen Page." She goes, <laughs> she goes "Thank you." <laughs> That's so nice. Just, just passing praise. Not gonna fan him up too much, but passing praise. Like I see, I see you, girl. <laughs> yeah, Converse All Stars. I really liked it for that. Ah, that's nice. Ooh. All right, so that we'll, we'll, we're gonna end that segment, damn it. Wait, wait. wait three hour tour. Real quick, 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 quick. Um, uh, honorary mentions. Night and day is a fantastic moment. Tom Cruise. Night and that's day. A, that was a bad movie. <laughs> the movie's Night so good, it's what? so bad, but it's also so really very good. It's Night so, and day? It's super clever. It's totally ridiculous, but it's really, what, really wait, amusing. Okay, okay. And oh yeah, yeah that movie was silly. You know, actually I thought people dumped on it unnecessarily. Cameron Diaz actually and I'll screen share this because people this definitely has been forgotten. This this is this has been lost in the annals of film history, straight up. Uh yeah, no, like like she was actually she's pretty sexy and good in this movie. Like I enjoyed it fine. But it did not do what the studio thought it was going to do. No, no, they crushed it. But it was like a funny, clever script, and he was good in it, and she was funny. That's a good movie. I liked it fine. It was fine. Because cause what was the shtick again? Like, she was some, like, I don't know. Like some sort of socialite or some sort of, like, ditzy girl who actually is somewhat capable in her own way or something. I can't remember. There are some ridiculous scenes in there, but they're super funny. He's got the scene where he's, like, swinging back and forth on a uh, clock, but he's tied up. He's like, we're going to get out of here. It's very good. 
Well, yeah, that, that's a great poster right there. That's that's a really good poster. Yeah, it's funny too. Cameron Diaz was trending today on Twitter. I was like, why? And then it's because that woman from the State Department is a dead ringer for Heather Newart or something. She's like up there spinning some some Trump administration mm-hmm. bullshit. And and she was trending because that no one had ever seen this one before. And it's funny because she looked exactly like Cameron Diaz. It really was uncanny. Okay. Taken. The taken stuff. Taken. Uh yeah yeah taken's t- well, really the good. first the first two the third was a mess yeah. no it's all the same it's all one long movie about the same thing but it's uh, highly amusing and he's perfect for it he's grouchy uh... again these spies they never throw a punch they get really close and they do all these little things and the person the person falls down have have either of you seen the taken series I've seen the first one first Ron and I were excited to watch oh the TV it. series I think I saw yeah. that Jennifer Beals got at least one viewing. She's yeah. super hot on GP. She's great. Oh, and also, that reminds, she's also in this uh, show I watched on uh, Amazon Prime over the week or last weekend called uh, The Last Tycoon. You know me in historical fiction. I love it. Really good. Set in the studio system back in the 1930s. She plays a biracial star actress who's passing as white. Uh, she is a mixed person from Chicago. Boom. Um, she's also from Chicago? Yeah. Nice and claim. She's from, what was it? She started with Flashdance, right? It's fantastic. I have no idea what that movie's about, but she's perfect. What well, the yeah, She's trying to get into ballet school or something. All right. Anyways, yeah. so let's, all right. What is Cinema Draft? Deb? we're moving on. Damn it! Before this becomes a three-hour tour, what is Cinema Draft? It is the fantasy sports version of the movies. Instead of drafting athletes from teams, drafting actors from movies, how the movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your call sheet of actors while competing against others for fun and prizes. Draft 10 actors who are assigned a dollar value salary. You have a $10,000 budget to try to draft all 10 actors. You must have 10, no more, no less. You must have one actor from each of the three release types. Wide release, a movie that's released on 2,000 screens and up. Limited release, between 501 and 1,999 screens. And platform release, 500 screens or below. Hey, you have headliners. You have two headliners per film. Their points are worth 40% each, 40% more. Uh, for example, if Suicide Squad earns 100 points, Margot Robbie would get uh, would get 100 points at one point per million per actor in wide release, while Will Smith would get 140 points. It is free to play. We have over $200 in prizes this week, plus a $25 bonus to the highest scoring call sheet. Beta testing is open and live. And now we will get to the shot list. And before I launch into the shot list, KG, what are you feeling? What what is What are you feeling in the cultural zeitgeist going on this week? I'm trying to think. There's a couple because I've filled out a few call sheets so far. There was a couple of uh, there was a couple of platform movies that looked interesting to me. I made a little bit of money. We got some three Fs. We got some foreign focused films out there. That's the one. There's like an Indian film. It's almost like seems like the title is almost like when Harry met Sally or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm get to that. It's in my shot list. Absolutely. But in uh, but in uh, I believe it's some. So like it's an Indian movie, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what the language is. Anyway, there's that one that interests me. I saw that an Inconvenient Truth did well last week for people, money wise. It, it did okay. We actually, I mean, we were really high on it. Um, I did a just a shot list podcast last week where I just kind of <laughs> created a shot list in real time instead of doing an hour long uh, episode. And I was really big on it. I thought it was going to do at least like 1.8 to 2.2 million. It did 961,000. <laughs> So that but kind still, of brought us down to earth. It, it, as you know, a it platform, it, it helped because I know I was going. I was number two going into uh, the weekend, and then uh, <laughs> those people with inconvenient truth jumped up ahead of me. So 
Yeah, and it's still, you know, a little, little concern on why that isn't registering over the weekend. But you know what? At the end of the weekend, I'm still hand scoring. Kind of sucks, but what can you do? Okay. And, um, and then the, the, there's a movie that's that's priced very high, uh, which I have not really heard in much buzz on. What's the the highest priced movie? Oh, Annabelle ever? Creation. Annabelle Creation. I haven't heard anything about it, but I, I've been off the grid a little bit. So. Okay, well, that's a great segue into the shot list. Uh, I would, I'll offer G-Nice an opportunity to chime in, but I'm sure he knows nothing about the games. He hasn't played in the last few weeks or two weeks. Jen- All right. Jennifer Beals is hot. <laughs> okay. All right. So going on to the shot list, the, these are views you can use to pick the winning Cinema Draft call sheet. Uh, the first part of yeah, my shot list. tell you how I pick them? How do you pick them? Because you've yet to win any. Have you won any money on this game yet? I think you've won like $5, right? All right. Thank you very much. Don't take my money. I, I earned that money. Don't you can my, cash out anytime. Any over $5. my money. This is I, ask, just ask uh, KG. He's actually cashed out. He knows what it's Okay. So here's, can I ask you a question? This will be good. This will be good for the, <laughs> for the viewers out there. Okay. So explain to me how this works. Okay. You're going to give advice, right? So what I do, and you can tell me what I do wrong. How's that? <clears throat> oh, okay. You like that? Okay. Yeah. So what I do is... <laughs> Look, there's some there's some just sort of stubbornness on my end, right? I will acknowledge that there are certain actors I like, so I'm gonna pick them. It's like it's like in the tournament when you pick Georgetown, you know they're not gonna win, right? But you still <laughs> have to stick with Georgetown because those are the people you came to the dance with, right? Okay. So I I have to pick an actor I like, but then I know I have to get. So the idea is you're gonna try to balance it all, right? You want to take whatever the money you have and get down to zero. So you want to make sure you get as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that that's correct, right? <laughs> Sort of. I mean, yeah. it, it's 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 a value game. You have to figure out which movies are going to perform best in their release type. Because some right, weeks, right, right. a platform release is going to do a lot better than a wide release and vice versa. Right. That part I get. But okay. So you want to take really? Don't hate. I just told you I'm going to pick Georgetown no matter what. Oh, uh, <laughs> so uh, I got to be true to who I am. You want to get the money that you offer. You want to get down to zero when it's all said and done. Correct. I, I I think an acceptable call sheet is anything within say five thousand dollars remaining in your budget. Yes. Ooh. Why would you still have five thousand? Okay. Anyway, so you want to try to make, you want to try to get less, right? You want to get as close to zero as possible. Sure. Why are you saying no? That's not <laughs> the goal. No, I, no. I mean, I mean, it, it's part of the goal, but it's all about what you think is going to perform. Like last week, that I, think, I get that part. I do, but okay. shouldn't right. you also try to get to zero? Well, if, if yes. you have a movie that's that all the all the. Uh, People are worth five thousand bucks. You might get eight of them, and they're not. Fair enough. That's a better answer instead of sure. Okay, so then you get. So then you then I pick. You want to, you, you again. You look at the ones that are going to make the most money, right? You want to pick it, and then you want to pick the people. Like it's you're supposed to take the star people, right? You're supposed to take the big, the big money makers, the star of that movie. The, the headliners, right? yes, because you get forty percent bonus. So yes. what's to stop me from loading the whole thing up with headliners? Yeah, do people that. do that. It's called we call it an all-star call sheet. Uh, I see it. I mean, sometimes win? they. Well, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen one yet that's won. You know, a contest outright, but some of them, some of them cash. Uh, some of them have like all-star call. Uh, a player who does an all-star call sheet a lot is a player named Matt. He you know has been playing off and on since the beginning, and you know, and sometimes they work out for him, sometimes they don't. I mean, it's it's so always, a, it's always a you're taking the all-stars across the board. You're gonna run out of money before you get to ten. Not necessarily. It depends on the movie. The movies, I mean, you get a, you can get a, a headliner from like a platform movie for like fifty five hundred. Sometimes it just depends on what the movie is. So you take. So what I do is I take the guys I like, and I take the stars, 
and then I try to mix in the other ones in the middle to make the money work. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a nice podcast for you. You might want to watch. It's uh, 18 minutes called uh, The General Strategy Guide. You might want to watch that because dude, there's some good stuff dude, in there. I keep it real broke. <laughs> okay. So on to the shot list where we will give you some actual. So, so what am I doing wrong then? This no, no, no. So what, what I'm saying, so here's, so a tidbit from, from the strategy guide would be if there's a movie that you know is going to do well, like far and beyond most other movies, like this week, it quite possibly could be Annabelle creation. I have no desire to see it. I don't, I personally don't know anyone who's talking about it, but it's tracking at like 30 million plus and that's, and everything else are, are in its like second or third weekend and probably won't even get close to like 20. So, so you want to get as many of say Annabelle's as you can to an extent. And then, so, and then figure out the rest. Do you take multiple people from one movie? Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that too. Yeah, yeah. no, you could do that. Of course, I did. Okay. <laughs> of course, you did. Yeah, no, but no. Seriously, so for example, Annabelle. And here, I'll, I'll I'll go to the sh- to the to the share screen real quick. Um, and the thing about Annabelle creation is, so for example, eighteen thousand two hundred. You could probably squeeze three, maybe four, if you're adventurous, depending on how you want to figure out the rest of your call sheet. Right there, you're probably looking at about you know sixty thousand almost, maybe maybe fifty five thousand all told. And then you have you know I guess another forty five thousand over six slots to figure out what to do, you know, based on your strategy. And you want to get most of these because if it's going to do thirty million, you're going to get about thirty points, maybe forty four with the headliners. Then you have to figure out, you know, what else is going to get you the most value for the remaining dollars you have of what's left. And yeah, you're usually in. So when you have multiple player, multiple actors from a film, is what we call stacking, and it's a concept that we definitely take from like daily fantasy sports. It's very popular because it works. Like for example, if you're playing. DFS MLB and you pick the Rockies at home, thin air and altitude, you pick like, you know, three through six hitters and you get, you know, they're, they get like two men on base and someone hits a home run, you get points for all those guys. Same concept. If you have a movie that does really well, like Annabelle Creation, and you have like four actors from them, you get points for all those guys. It's, it's just, you know, the right thing to do. So, so, so try some stacking this week. See how it works out for you. Tell me what you think. Okay. I mean... Touchdown. But okay, yes, I hear you. <laughs> okay, the shot list. The, and the first part of the shot list is the A-list. And these are actors you will definitely want on your call sheet. And yes, we're starting here at the top. Annabelle Creation, Miranda Otto. She's 18,200. So say her stop me from copying what you're about to say? Nothing. Nothing. I know, I, but... And it, it, it's look, it's fine. First of all, I mean, people. I'm, I mean, I'm sure people do copy what I say to their detriment. Because last week, like I said on just the shot list, I did an entire call sheet, you know, live on air, and I was going to roll with it until I got new information. So I had to switch it up. But generally, you're, you're always getting more information in this game on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and so you're always tweaking. But there's nothing, there's nothing to stop anyone from copying. A lot of times, we have duplicate call sheets because people are of like mind. They figure out what might be an optimal strategy and they roll with it. That's okay. I mean, it, you're just trying to make the best call sheet with the money you have available. And a lot of times you, f- you hit upon <clears throat> similar type of strategies that earn you money. I want you to earn some money, G-Nice. I want to talk I about you. I got like $5. I got $5. Stop that. I got $5. Okay. <laughs> well, it's ready there for you to cash out anytime you want, as long as you have a $5. Uh. <laughs> uh, all right. So Annabelle Creation, I say Miranda Otto, you know, she's the more expensive of the two headliners. You're going to want a headliner stack this at the very least. It's uh, our good friends over at HSX, that is the Hollywood Stock Exchange. 
they are predicting for Annabelle about a 30, is this right? Let me, let me refresh this. Yeah, 30, oh, 35 million almost opening weekend. So that's going to be far and away the highest grossing movie this weekend. So you definitely want to stack up on that. Um, also, uh, Anushka Sharma, Jab Harry Met Sajal. Did I, oh my God, I almost butchered that. Yes, Jab Harry Met Sajal. Sounds like the Indian version of when Harry Met Sally. It might be. I don't know. It's a 3F. <laughs> we love 3Fs. Those are our foreign focused films. The Indian movie. This one did gangbusters last weekend. Look oh, at, yeah. you know, look at its butt. Oh my God, $4,588 per screen on 280 screens. That was good for 1.3 million almost. That's damn near 13 points per actor, probably about 21, 22 points for each headliner. It's not, probably not gonna do this again this week, but even if it cuts it in half, you're still looking at maybe seven, 800,000, 600,000, 700,000. So you might wanna jump on that. Uh, either one of these two, both prices fifty three hundred. They're both headliners. You might even want to do like a five or six pack of Job Harry Met Sajal if you've got room. Uh, what else? Co-starring. These are some values you may want to look out for this weekend. Wind River. Damn it! Did you notice? Did y'all notice that the top grossing per screen average by a bunch last weekend was Wind River? That is a Weinstein. Uh, Weinstein Company film starring Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. It's getting some Oscar buzz. And yeah, people want to see this movie. So you can't assume that when it expands to 40 screens, it's going to keep up that torrid pace of 40,000 per screen. I'm guesstimating it's going to do maybe 15,000 per screen. At 15,000 per screen times 40 screens, that's 600,000. That's six points, pretty cheap. You know, if you're doing, even if you're not doing a punt, even if this is a part of your essential strategy, you're going to want to have at least one or two headliners from where to go. Here we go. Wind River, Jeremy Renner or Elizabeth Olsen. They're still somewhat affordably priced. 5900 for Jeremy Renner, 5800 for Elizabeth Olsen in platform release. Remember, in platform release, you get one point per 100,000 in box office per actor. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, Woody Harrelson in The Glass Castle. So... This is a new release. It's on 1,400 screens. I've seen the ads and the marketing. It looks super indie. <laughs> so I'm actually kind of glad they didn't go beyond 1,400 screens-ish. We'll find the final count tomorrow. But the fact that it's a limited release, by far, it's probably going to be the best uh, limited release this week because right now, like most weeks, it is a dumpster fire in limited release. You've got those tweeners. They don't know if they want to be point guards or, or small forwards. <laughs> They're just out there. Usually these are movies in the fifth or sixth weekend of their run. They've made most of their money. They're just kind of playing out the string. But in but as so much as a new release in 1,400 screens, it's got potential. It could probably do three or four million. And in that case, at one point per 500,000 per actor per, in, in box office in limited release, if you get if you can get four million or five million out of glass castle that's eight or ten points rock with it so get you a headliner get you woody harrelson the cheaper the two headliners 7500 in limited release in the glass castle uh the cutting room floor skip these losers and sad to say but atomic blonde you're an interesting movie but you're a little too weird and, and it's not even so much weird you're, you got a little too convoluted at the end it's not the most you know word of mouth type movie that Fight scenes are excellent, but this movie is going to be too wide for its own good. 2,800 screens. Nobody's really going to see it. Last weekend, Atomic Blonde did – what did it do? It did – yeah, it 8 million. 
Yeah, it did all right. I mean, eight million is okay, but and even though it's going to be priced realistically, starting at seventy eight hundred, going up to ten thousand for Charlize Theron, I mean, it's still overvalued. You're not going to get the bang for your buck you want out of that. If it drops another fifty percent, it's only going to make four million. It's still going to be in wide release. Four million is only four points in wide release, so you're going to skip Atomic Blonde as much as I enjoyed her fight choreography in that movie. And War for the Planet of the Apes. Ditto. It's too wide for its own good, damn it. And it's it's and in what? It's it's fifth weekend, sixth weekend, fourth weekend. It feels like it's been six weekends. Uh, it's in its fourth weekend, fourth weekend release. Actually, probably like its fifth weekend or something like that. And yeah, and I won't say we're over it, but we're over it. <laughs> it did. What did it do last week? So it made six million last weekend. If it drops fifty percent, it'll only make about three million. That's only three points. It's going to be too wide for its own good. If it actually drops under 2,000 screens and into limited release, you might want to take a gander at it. It might not be too bad. It still did 2,200 per screen. If it does, say, I don't know, 1,700 per screen and is on like 1,900 screens, that might actually be worth your time. That actually is about 3 million, so that's about six points right there. Eh, you could do worse, but otherwise, I would probably skip it. Skip it! Skip it! Zip it! All right, uh, guys, any movies that are coming out this weekend that you want to see? I think I know the answer to this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's movies you guys have to catch up on, but yeah. It's, I have to catch up on so much. Uh, yeah. I'm not I mean, it, it's, it's August. August, I mean, the first week in August is usually the last weekend of blockbuster summer season. Now we're in a very fallow period of the industry, a bit of a dumping ground. Movies at the middle to the end of August are traditionally terrible. The worst movies ever are deposited, excrement, or excreted on Labor Day weekend. And it just gets bad from there until like mid to late September, early October. We actually have a hope of reprieve in late September with American Made with Tom Cruise and Doug Lyman directed film, which looks awesome but until then it's going to be bad Did so, see the dark tower i saw it it was all right <laughs> so those books are based those comics the, they're books that make comics were made off the books and they're the movie they're made off the comics no they're made off the books i guess it's the, books are, the comics are really cool <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a side. So yeah, so say so it's it, we're entering a, a pretty sad. We're entering the dog days of August for the movie industry. You're, you're going to see some really low scores. Really, like our winning score this week, our our call sheet of the week only scored 155 points, almost 156 points. So we're going to start seeing some really low scores because people are enjoying the rest of the summer. They've seen the blockbusters. They're going to see. They're out. They're enjoying life. There's no really good movies coming up. Like next weekend's big movies, like The Hitman's Bodyguard. Give me a break. I mean, it looks, it looks terrible. So yeah, it's, that is it's that looks be, that looks actually excellent. Excellent. Oh, it looks, looks. It looks. Like, it looks like it might be fun, but it doesn't look like that. Looks like the movie. perfect horrible movie. <laughs> Honestly, that looks so ridiculous and so much fun. It's going to be horrible, but it's going to be a ho- awesome. Yeah, it's going to be pretty bad. Uh, all right. So this week, this week, this week's over under. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, this week's over under. Anything else on on movies this weekend or in August end of summer movies? Any comments on that? I mean, All right, Spider Man. I haven't seen Spider Man. Oh my oh god, Greg. Yeah, you would. You would. I, I have mean, three children. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. Jay Jay Devlin just saw it like the other day, and he texted me from the movie. He's like, "This is amazing. This is probably top three Marvel movie of all time." I'm like, wow. I was like, I told y'all, it's great. I heard, and I would like to see Baby Driver. Yes, that's and right. I would like to see the Alien. 
the Alien? Which one was that one? Alien. The movie that I thought was going to be awesome. That oh, 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 um, yeah, w- w- yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that came out earlier. That was interesting. You, I'll, I'll be interested to see what your take is on that. Everyone that knows said it was like whatever, but that's makes me sad. It. I'm still going to watch it. Yeah, I enjoyed the fun. Uh, all right, so our, this week's over under Annabelle Creation, twenty five million this weekend. Now, as you saw the tracking, they're leaning towards thirty five. I feel like it's high because, like you said, KG, no one's really talking about. It. What do you think? Over under twenty five million, KG. I'll say over. I always say under. I'll say over this time. <laughs> Optimist. All right, misanthrope. Over under twenty five million. What did What did Kevin say? I said over. So of under, course. motherfucker. Whatever he says, the opposite. <laughs> Children, children. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to pick over also because it may not crack 35, but I think it's still got enough to make at least 30. I said the moon. Results from our last like poll uh, <clears throat> was for Atomic Blonde two weeks ago. Sorry about that. Uh, and 65% picked the under for 30 million. And I did myself because by the time we conducted this poll, I had already seen a sneak preview that Tuesday and I knew it was going to underperform. I was right. <laughs> and it didn't even come close. It ended up clocking in at 18 million. So 65% were wise and got it right. That's based right. on the comic, too. It's you, an uh, comic. Yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. And, and I mean, I don't know. I, I do kind of hope that they take another swing at it because it's got potential. She truly is like, they're calling it like Jane Bond or whatever. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. Like another swing as in a sequel? Yeah, or something. Yeah, it's 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 or like do it 15 years from now with a new person. <laughs> God, stop. All right. So, yes. Chloe I'm going to bring this in for a landing. Where can you find Cinema Draft? You can go to cinemadraft.co, that's cinemadraft.co. Tell all your friends to sign up, play the game, enjoy the game. We're on all the social media, uh, medium.com slash at cinemadraft is our corporate blog. Uh, subscribe at iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever is your favorite podcasting outlet. Once again, we are live this week. Game starts at 10 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, and we have Theater Lock, which is when we lock in the screen count and the release types for the movies that we're playing for the weekend. We have theater lock at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. So make sure you double check your call sheets if you've already submitted to make sure that you have a valid call sheet. Results are usually sometime Monday evening, usually after 6 or 7 p.m. Pacific time because I have to hand score. It's a bitch. <laughs> but that's where we are with the game. Fellas, plug your ish. KG. Dynasty coming October 11th to the CW. Milk and Honey on Lisa Ray's YouTube channel. Three episodes are up. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, oh, and also somebody's writing their episode this week, huh? Oh, network outline in tonight, hopefully. Yes. Wait, you're doing it right now? No, it's it's going in. It's 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 up the pipeline, so it should be going in tonight. Good so when you say network outline, what happens with that? So they just basically approve like your basic like outline story points, and you go off to write. Yeah, they give their note with the we did the studio notes today. They gave their input. Uh, did you create like six black characters in this episode? They're like no black characters this movie, right? Or in this show, right? No, no. The 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 Colbys are all black. The the. Oh. Okay. So do the Colby's talk for like ninety percent of this episode? 
<laughs> you have to tune in to find out. <laughs> yeah, wait, so what episode number is, is going to be yours? Not saying this that we is, can skip all the other is, just watch yours, but. <laughs> this is six. One through five are amazing. Six is, is even better. Yeah, right. one through five are good, and then six just kills it. Six. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be a fun, uh, you know how you have the popcorn movies? This is going to be like a popcorn TV show. Juicy soap action. Some crazy stuff happening. Hey, let, let's let's have let's have a call out to the show. Let's do put in somewhere some some somewhere. Oh yeah! Line. No, no, let, let's put in somewhere someone's line. Cultural cul-de-sac. That would be so cool. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do I'll it. See, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. do you haven't written it yet. Oh yeah, let's we we gotta keep we gotta come up with one line you have to put in. Cultural <laughs> cul-de-sac. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that, that's very specific. But yeah, that's like you have to have somebody say where the black people at. Boom. <laughs> put that in there. That won't make it, but you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> cultural cultural do it. That's name. That's name. My fantasy football team. Actually, we're doing a cinema draft fantasy football team. Shout out to Gamble Twenty Four X Seven, and my my team name truly is Cultural Cul de Sac. You're welcome. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> can you put that in the script? That would be the funniest thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, we will dine out on that forever. Like me and like my half second. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. So, hey, yeah, G nice. Anything you want to plug? No, I will say Darcy, stay out of my fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> stay in your lane. I, I can't. Yeah, yeah. shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> all right. Well, I like to thank my guests once again. Uh, G nice. Yep. 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 KG, the Chocolate Cardinal. Boom. There it is. Yes. The Working Black Rider working, working on the Dynasty Reboot. Thanks, everybody, for listening, for tuning in. And you all know what to do. Between now and the next time we have a podcast, why don't you go see a movie or something?